Today we're going to be uh, reading from Matthew 27, verses 57 uh, through 66. This is what the word says. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, uh, the one of the uh, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I'll rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Uh, what stuck out to me as I was reading this again this time um, was just even on this uh, man, Joseph of, Mar of Arimathea, uh, clearly a wealthy man, man uh, obviously going to be of some standing of some stature. And it's just an it stands out to me that here he is, Jesus has been crucified, has died. From the disciples' perspectives, we know based on how they responded to his death, uh, it looked like all was lost. It looked like all was over, and this was not a great time then to be identifying with Jesus, to acknowledge him publicly in any way. Is, um, they had to be wondering to some extent, like, would we be next? Um it wasn't necessarily safe. Here's Jesus just been crucified. He's just died. And yet this man, Joseph of Marimathea, decides to come down and demand from Pilate, I, I want Jesus's body. And he takes his body and he takes care and puts him in a uh, clean cloth and he takes him to his own new tomb and he puts him in there trying to show respect uh, for, for Jesus's body. And all of this is really an act of him publicly declaring uh, his sort of allegiance to Jesus, um, his identification with who Jesus was. And so it's a, it's a touching move, really, in the sense that here it is. Um, who knows if, if everybody knew whether he was following Jesus or not before this day. But at this point, when it would have been easy just to walk the other way and just pretend maybe you weren't part of his following he makes a public, bold statement that says, uh, I'm with Jesus. Uh, by taking him, people saw him take him. And even if they hadn't saw him take him, uh, they clearly knew where the tomb was because they ordered for it to be sealed and, and it was done so. And so they knew, oh, man, this is in Joseph's tomb. Um, he took Jesus and put him here. So he's clearly one of his followers. And in a moment which would seem like it would not make any logical sense to identify with him, he does. What I'm wondering is, are we people who identify with Jesus even at moments where it seems uncomfortable or maybe even illogical to do so? We need to be wise and trusting and listening to the Holy Spirit. 
But I wonder if God might be able to do things through us that we would not expect or anticipate if we were willing to identify with Jesus publicly in moments that would seem scary to us, maybe in our workplaces in a way that God orchestrates, or our families, or neighborhoods, with coworkers and friends. I know these can be scary situations. I know there could be even the threat potentially of losing our jobs or uh, maybe lost relationships could be in the balance. Uh, and we're always called whenever we represent Christ to do so with gentleness, respect, and love. But my, my feeling is that for many of us, when the moment comes, we're unwilling to be seen as identifying with Jesus. I think that's something we need to process and pray through. God has done so much for us. He does ask for us uh, to give us his, our lives, to serve him, to love him, to, to be a part of his family. But we don't just do it when it's convenient. We are now his. We belong to him. May I encourage us today to think through our lives and think through the moments that we need to identify with Jesus. Those moments where the Holy Spirit is clearly prompting us to allow our allegiance to Christ be known with love and respect and gentleness, but to be known as a Jesus follower because it's who we are, not just at church or just in moments that make sense, but it's who we are all the time. May we maybe take some, uh, just an example here from Joseph and say, you know, I want to be known as a Christ follower. I want to, I don't really care who knows this, because this is how much my Lord means to me. So can I just encourage you to, to evaluate your life today and see where maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you or convicting you or encouraging you to, to make a public identification with Christ so that others will know you belong to Christ. Let's, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are a good God. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you died for us. Um, God, I'm just sorry that so often, in so many ways, we do not, I do not uh, identify as one of your followers. I don't say what could be said to let people know that I belong to you, that I follow you, that you are my God and King, that you are my friend. God, I just ask that you would help us to be those who through the loving presence of the Holy Spirit and gentleness and respect, but would we always be those who are known for following Jesus? Would we be more concerned with following you and listening to your Holy Spirit than what others may think of us? God, would you help us to identify with you always? In your name we pray.